from San Francisco, California, with your host, Ben Kaspik. This is Locked On Giants Baseball. Welcome back to Locked On Giants Baseball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspik, and I'm thrilled to be with you again today. On the show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday, approximately 15 to 20 minutes in length, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. And coming up on today's show, it finally happened. The Giants are calling up their top prospect and one of the top prospects in the game, Joey Bart. Lefty on the mound tonight for the Angels. There's no doubt Bart is going to be there in the lineup. It's a very exciting time for Giants fans and something that a lot of people have been really impatient about. And so the wait is finally over and Bart is just hopefully one of numerous good prospects that are going to come out of this Giants farm system in the years to come. So it does mark the beginning of a new era. Giants also won a really nice game last night over the Angels 7-2, so we'll talk about that in addition to talking all about the promotion of Joey Bart. A little bit about me, I'm a contributor for Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs. I started a Giants podcast called Covecast in 2015 and joined the Locked On Podcast Network in 2019. I'm also a lifelong diehard Giants fan. And I remember the day Buster Posey was called up. I remember it well. It was a huge deal to me at that time. It was very exciting because that Giants team had really good pitching but really needed some offense. And so you you probably remember that he right away just had a huge impact in 2010. I know he debuted in 2009, but when he came up in 2010, just right away, even from the first night, he just had, had multiple hits. I think he had three hits at least. And they all drove in a run. And he just went on a tear from there and went on to win the Rookie of the Year and uh, propelled the Giants to a championship. My goodness. I mean, it doesn't get better than that than how Posey debuted. And now a whole generation in in a baseball sense has passed. Posey opted out of the season. He only has one year left on his contract plus a club option for another year. And Joey Bart is a catcher, and he's the future of this team. He's one of the pieces of the future of this team. That's what I want to stress is that we don't need to put all of our hopes on Joey Bart. I think Joey Bart is just one of many prospects, and this is how the Giants are hoping to rebuild this team is to have a pipeline of talent coming out of the minor leagues, and Bart just represents the first of many, hopefully, in that pipeline. So we're going to go through like a scouting report on Joey Bart for anyone who hasn't or who isn't familiar. Fangraphs had Joey Bart rated as the number 10 prospect in all of baseball entering the season. I'm just going to read the full write-up here. It's two paragraphs long, and this is by Eric Longenhagen. He says, Bart's first full pro season was interrupted by a fractured left hand which sidelined him for about six weeks and is the likely reason his 2019 power production was unremarkable until a torrid final week of the season buoyed his stat line. Sent to the Arizona Fall League for extra reps, Bart was the league's star pupil before he was hit by two pitches in the same game. 
the second of which fractured his right thumb. That ended his season, but in that narrow window of health, we saw glimpses of Bart's power with physically fit phalanges. And we had plenty of looks at his power, particularly to the pole side in college, including a titanic blast that cleared the facade at Georgia Tech's football complex in left field and was never found. The defensive tools are the foundation of Bart's skill set, the cornerstone of a certain big league future. He's Mike Allstott's size, but with the lateral quickness and ground game of a small-framed catcher. He's quick out of the crouch and throws accurate lasers to second base. He also has field general qualities. He's a rousing vocal leader at times, a calming presence at others. We still have some questions about the hit tool. We posited Bart was just frustrated by being pitched around in college and developed some bad habits, but he was swing happy again in 2019. Still, we think he'll get to much or all of his power, play all-world defense, and be an all-star catcher, a proper heir apparent to Buster Posey. So on the 2080 scouting scale, they give Bart a 60 future value. They give his hitting just a 45 on the 2080 scale, which is below average, his hit tool. But the raw power is a 60, which is plus. And the game power is a 60, which is plus. Below average runner, a 30 on the 2080 scale. Fielding is a 70, which is defined as plus plus. And the throwing is a 55, which is above average. But overall, an all-star caliber player when you put the whole package together is what they think about Bart in the long term. So there may be some developmental growing pains. It's possible. Bart is 23 years old. He's barely played above a ball. He has 87 plate appearances in double A, and that's it for upper minors experience. So that's where I come in and say, I just think it's reasonable that they didn't just thrust him into the major leagues to start the season. They have said there's things they thought he needed to work on, and I just take them at their word. A lot of people do not take them at their word and think for whatever reason that they know better than the Giants what's best for Joey Bart. I just think that's a little ridiculous. I just don't think a lot of the people who had these strong opinions are very qualified to make those assessments. And so I've maintained that I take the Giants at their word that they thought he needed more to work on and he worked on it at the alternate site. I mean, if this was a normal year, he would have started the year of the minors and nobody would have thought twice about it. Uh, He needed more time in the minor leagues and he played 22 games in double A, never played in triple A. So I think in a normal year, he would have played until maybe about now in the minors, and then they would have called him up. It could have been earlier. It could have been later, depending on how he played. But I do think ultimately in this season, it was important to get him to the major leagues because he would have been here anyway this year, and it would be a real shame to lose that development at the major league level. And just to see what they have in BART, it would have been a real shame to lose that to the pandemic-shortened season. So anyway, he's here now. Giants fans can rejoice, and it's going to be really exciting to watch these games, although they've been pretty exciting anyway with an offense that's been scoring tons of runs, especially at home. And that just continued last night. They beat the Angels 7-2. to So it's not like this is a struggling offense that's going to just need Joey Bart to show up and be a superstar. It's an offense that's doing really well right now. The catchers have not hit. And yet the offense has been good regardless. So 
Bart just adds to that, and it's certainly going to be fun to watch him finally play at the major league level. So coming up in the second half of the show, we'll talk about last night's 7-2 to win. Giants just continue to, to hit the ball well. They had two home runs in this game. Austin Slater, Wilmer Flores, got another strong outing by Johnny Cueto. So just a lot to talk about, and that's all coming up next. But first, I want to talk about Built Bar. I love these bars. What's great about Built Bar is they're delicious. They taste like a candy bar, and yet they are perfect for a health-conscious person like me. They have 18 amazing flavors, including six brand new flavors like caramel brownie, cookies and cream, and apple almond crisp. And they're also somehow low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. For example, the peanut butter bar has 19 grams of protein and just 180 calories and 5 grams of sugar. Cookies and cream has 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, and just 4 grams of sugar. Built Bar has reset the promo code for this relaunch. For a limited time, there's a free cooler with every purchase. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Okay, as promised, here in the second half of the show, we're going to talk about last night's 7-2 win over the Angels. They've just continued to be resilient offensively and with starting pitching. They kept blowing those games, but then immediately they'd they'd put themselves back in a game by having a good offensive night. Really, the one exception was that Sunday game against the A's when they lost like 15-3. to But other than that, for the last week, they've been hitting and having pretty good starting pitching. So last night was no exception. And I said on Twitter, and I'll say it here, for all the criticism that Gabe Kapler has taken for his quote-unquote bullpen management, which I think is a little ridiculous given the collective performance of the bullpen, you know, anybody's going to look bad when everybody in your bullpen is performing poorly. So if he's making those, making bullpen decisions and guys are actually performing then there's really nothing to criticize. Like, take last night as an example. He brought in Caleb Berger with the bases loaded against Justin Upton, lefty versus righty, and Berger struck him out, and and Upton represented the go-ahead run, and this was relatively late in the game. It was the sixth inning. So if Upton hits a grand slam there, where everybody's talking about Gabe Kapler's terrible bullpen management to go to Berger, but instead Berger gets the strikeout, And nobody's saying a word about it. So that's kind of what I'm talking about. But anyway, for all the criticism he's taken for that, which I think is mostly unfair, he deserves a lot of credit for his management of the offense. These are lineups we would not have seen from Bruce Bochy, plain and simple. Kapler, on the other hand, you know, he understands the value of the platoons. And the Giants have a totally different lineup when there's a lefty on the mound and a totally different lineup when there's a righty on the mound. But he's shown some really good adaptability, too, to know when to shed guys of the platoon role and to give them a chance against same-handed pitchers. He's done that with Donovan Solano. He's done it with Austin Slater. And now, last night, Brandon Crawford. So I think the the hitting management has been really, really good. And the fact that the Giants are scoring a bunch of runs and have had a much better offense, if you're going to criticize Kapler for the bullpen, you have to give him credit for what's happening with the offense. 
Austin Slater leading off against lefties. I mean, that is just not something we saw. This is not the type of lineup we saw from Bochi. Uh, when there's a righty on the mound, Slater's not leading off, and he's often not in the game. But he's hit so well against lefties, he's warranted some starts against righties and done well, and that's how you earn a bigger role. You have to earn it, though. So Slater, once again, I mean, he he just continued his monster offensive season, went two for three with a walk and a home run. One of his two hits was a home run, a big, towering, deep home run. Very impressive. On a 3-1 pitch, just a middle-middle changeup, and he crushed it to left. And after the game, Slater said, when asked about the offense and his offense, he said, we brought in three great hitting coaches, and everyone is feeling really comfortable with those guys. Obviously, the big thing people are going to point to is the fences moving in, and you love to see that as a hitter. They also changed the batter's eye for us, which has been a little difficult the last couple of years. Farhan was very receptive about that. I think it goes more toward the guys we have and the work that we're putting in right now. Maybe mentally, subconsciously, it helps to know you don't have to hit it quite as well, but it goes back to trusting your approach and trusting your work. So anyway, not only did Slater hit his home run, Wilmer Flores hit a big three-run home run with two outs and two strikes. Giants have just hit a lot of three-run homers this year. Johnny Cueto, let's talk about him. Johnny Cueto pitched beautifully again. I mean, just every start, he's pretty much giving the Giants a really good chance to win and pitching deep into games. Cueto ended up throwing 112 pitches. He was facing the Angels lineup the third time through in the sixth inning. He got the first batter out, and then Tommy LaStella hit a deep fly ball to center field that Mike Yastrzemski kind of clanked as he was running back towards the wall. It went down as a double. It was not an ordinary effort for Yastrzemski, but it's it's a ball he will tell you he should have caught. And in fact, we saw him talking to Hunter Pence and saying he has to catch that ball. So at that point, Trout and Anthony Rendon, two of the most dangerous, I mean, Trout is the most dangerous player in the game. And Anthony Rendon is not far behind him. So third time through, but with a 5 nothing lead, This is the big difference, and we talked about this in the Kevin Gosman start. When they pulled Kevin Gosman, it was a tight game, and it was against the Dodgers, and to me, it was just totally understandable to take him out. If the lead was bigger, it's a different story. You can give him a little more rope if they want it. And so Kapler went out to the mound to talk to Cueto, and they both said after the game that Cueto has requested that Kapler talk to him during the game and ask him if he has more in the tank and ask him if he wants to get through a situation. And so Kapler went out there to ask Cueto if he could get through two more hitters in Trout and Rendon. And Cueto said, yeah, he was feeling up for it and he was feeling good. And he rewarded his manager by striking out Mike Trout, which is extremely impressive. The Giants have held down Trout for the most part in this series. And then somewhat predictably, it's really hard to get through these two third time through the order, uh, Anthony Rendon hit a double that scored a run. But I just you just got to point that out, again, for the angry mob online. Cueto said that he and Kapler have mutual respect, and I thought that was perfect. Going out to ask Cueto if he thought he could get two more outs, and Cueto said yeah, and Kapler gave him a shot. If it's a one-run game, I don't think you necessarily give Cueto that decision, if you think it's time to take him out, you take him out. But with a 5 nothing lead, I have no problem with that. 
So anyway, as I said, the inning got a little dicey. Caleb Berger ended up saving the day, striking out Justin Upton with the bases loaded after two runs had scored. But all in all, Cueto had eight strikeouts in five and two-thirds, one walk, and four hits allowed. Tyler Rogers got two strikeouts in a scoreless eighth. He struck out Mike Trout and Albert Pujols. And then in the ninth, Tony Watson just had a 1-2-3 inning with a 7-2 lead. Very exciting times. Giants will play the Angels tonight, and Joey Bart will undoubtedly be in the lineup. We'll be back with another episode tomorrow talking about Joey Bart's debut. So remember, to get this show every weekday, you need to hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspik. You can follow me on Twitter at Ben Kaspik. That's K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you're a fan of the show, please consider leaving it a review, giving it five stars. Whatever you can do is very much appreciated. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.